Well, a new week begins on Flames Talk, and it begins with, uh, let's just be straight up with it, franchise-altering news for the Calgary Flames. I don't think that's being too bold. I don't think that's uh, exaggerating when I say that the decision of Brad True Living to step away, while not completely and totally unexpected, is still massive news for this organization. As we welcome you to this hour of Flames Talk, welcome to the Scotiabank Saddledome and the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. It's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was on the nose, 10.30 a.m. on Monday morning, April 17th, when the news came down. Flames broke their own news. Uh, it came down and said that the Flames, the organization, and general manager Brad True Living have mutually decided to part ways. They promoted Don Maloney from his prior role to the president of hockey operations and also named him interim general manager as the search for a new GM begins. This was Maloney earlier on Monday afternoon as uh, he was introduced as the president of hockey operations at a news conference here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Today is not a good day for me. It's not. Um, you know, Stand Cup playoffs start tonight, and uh, we're not playing, number one. Number two is uh, getting emotional, sorry. <clears throat> you know, Brad Tribling is a good friend, he, uh, <clears throat> and I think a very good hockey man. He left us um, for his reasons. But we move on. So... Don Maloney is in charge of hockey operations for the time being as the team now goes in search of their new general manager. But, you know, it's not one of those it's not one of those things that I think that we're shocked by. I don't think it's one of those things that you read the news release or you read the tweet when it comes out and say to yourself, oh, my goodness, I never saw this coming because we had an idea that this could very well be the case. We I think we were all prepared. If you're a Flames fan and you're listening right now, if you're Aaron Vickers, if you're me, if you're a player, if you're a coach, I think you knew that this was a possibility. And I think that it really sunk in on Wednesday when we all saw Brad watch practice and stay out there on the bench for a long time. Turns out that indeed was a harbinger of things to come because he broke the news to Don Maloney that he was stepping down on Wednesday, and that's when this whole process began, my friend. But I... We knew this is a possibility, and we knew this was something that could happen. I don't know if I saw it coming as quickly as uh, the decision was made, but if you're Brad and your decision was made on Wednesday, there's no, uh, there's no sense in delaying the announcement of it and starting to move in a new direction. For me, and maybe this is just me, it felt like one of those decisions you kind of knew in the back of your mind was going to happen, but when that press release drops and it says general manager Brad Living and the Calgary Flames have agreed to mutually part ways, 
and that senior vice president of hockey, Don Maloney, would assume the interim GM role, then it hits you. You knew it was a possibility. Certainly it had been talked about. Brad didn't have a contract. Reportedly had been offered one and, and declined. And then you get the press release in your in- inbox, and it basically lays out, yeah, Brad Living, general manager of nine seasons, um, spent nearly a decade in this city trying to guide this team, turn this team into a playoff team, turn it into a Stanley Cup contender, is now out. So is it shocking? No. Is it still jarring when you get that email and the, the subject line reads, Don Maloney named president of hockey operations, Calgary Flames, and Brad Living mutually part ways? It's shocking and not shocking at the same time, if that makes any sense to anybody. Well, listening. again, we, we knew this could be a possibility. We knew this was potentially in the cards because we've been talking since the puck dropped on the 2022-23 season about the fact that the coach has a contract extension and the general manager does not. We've been talking for months about how assistant general managers and assistant coaches and the GM don't have contracts, but the coach does. And and I've been fielding calls post-game and texts post-game for weeks months about do we think Brad is going to be back and and do we think he should be back and my feel was always first of all I thought he was going to be back uh, I thought they would find a way to figure it out I became less and less confident in that as we move further on in the season but yep. all along I, I felt like they would be able to work something out obviously uh, obviously they didn't um, I felt that from an organizational standpoint if there was a desire from the coach, uh, sorry, the general manager to be here, that they should make it work, they should make it happen. Um, but this came down to more than just that. And, and I think that's maybe the, the first place we should start, is why are we here? Why is Brad Living no longer the general manager of this team? And I know there's a lot of people that are saying that, well, this wasn't mutual, it was the Flames fired him and didn't want him back, or it was Brad Living and, and he just walked and didn't want to come back. You know, I think it's... I think you can say this is a mutual parting of ways if you're very, very deliberate in how you define mutual because this is what I believe to be the case from everything I know about the situation. Um, I believe that the Flames put a contract offer on the table to Brad Living. I've been saying this for a long time now. I believe right around the time when, when Daryl was offered his contract, uh, Brad was offered his contract. Daryl took his, Brad did not. Um, I don't know if that was a contract length thing. I don't know if it was a dollars and cents thing. I don't know if it was just a holding the cards close to the vest and see how things play out thing. But he didn't take his contract. I believe that they offered him plenty of contracts. Um, and the terms of those contracts were not where Brad wanted them to be necessarily. And Brad wanted to keep his options open, I believe. And and Brad, as as we heard in the news conference, you know, he put nine years into this, and he was ready to he was ready to move on if they couldn't come to an agreement and couldn't come to a, a contract that that fully made sense. So, I think in that respect, it is mutual that they couldn't come to an agreement on things. And and Brad knew that he was on an expiring contract and knew that he had the the ability to walk away and also knows that he's very, very well respected around the league. And I think the Flames put offers on the table as well and and tried in their minds their best to keep him. So do I think there was a world where this could have happened and they could have found a way? Yes. We just never got to that point. And 
now the search for a new general manager begins. So when you say that it was a mutual parting of ways, it kind of was because I think there was always the open door for it to happen, but in the end, that middle ground could never be found, and, and here we are. I don't know. I might push back a little bit on that just from the fact, and I, I, you'll know more about the situation than I do. I will concede that. Don Maloney did confirm that he did. Re- Brad Trilliving did receive a, an offer in training camp, and I believe the quote was several times after that or something mm-hmm. to the effect. And what caught me immediately was Don Maloney's intro marks, and, and, and you played it. He left us for his reasons. Now, yes, there can be two sides to that, and it can be mutual, but and these are the reasons, quote-unquote, that which weren't disclosed, so we'll, we'll just put that right out on the table. But certain things didn't happen for Brad Living to come back, so Brad Living decided to leave. In terms of the mutual element of it, well, that, I wonder... That I wonder is, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, the mutual element of it is, okay, the Calgary Flames themselves as an entity decided that they couldn't match whatever the demand was, so they were comfortable with the mutua- mutuality of it as yeah. well. Yeah, and that, I think that's a really good way of putting it, is that the what what both sides want wasn't being met by the other side and so this was the best way um this was the best way out i think i i i wonder about was the gm looking for a longer contract than the coach i wonder about that is that something that played into it um for whether insurance reasons or whatever the case may be i wonder about that um was it a dollars and cents thing um i i i think that there's a lot that is out there right now about not wanting to work with Daryl and, and those two guys not on the same page. I wonder about that. I don't know the the, the specifics, the actual specifics is what led to it. Right. Uh, I think we're going to be in the dark about for probably the, I don't think we're ever going to fully know exactly what led to it. But yeah, I do believe that there was a world where it could have gotten done, but each side had to be able to get there, and whatever those next steps were take, needed to be taken from the, G, the the former GM side of things, and what steps needed to be taken from the organization side of things. You know, they, there was a limit to where they were both willing to go, and thus, when you're kind of stuck at that crossroads and not ready to take that next step, maybe turning around and going the other way is is what's best for both sides. And I think that's exactly what happened here. It's certainly a f- Franchise. I don't think it's being too dramatic to call it a franchise-altering decision for the, the Calgary been, Flames. The He's been, been here for almost a decade. The for ten years almost. And that's not oh okay evenings and weekends off. That's not taking summer off. This yeah. is a twenty-four-seven, three hundred and sixty-five day a year job. And something that Maloney said that struck me a little bit. He was asked by Flames Talk family member Wes Gilbertson, "Can you see G- Brad being a GM again soon? Soon? No. At some point, yes." He just needs a mental break for a little bit. We've heard it for nine years that there are few, if any, GMs from the 31 other teams that outwork the then Calgary Flames GM, Brad Living. Brad was on, on the phone constantly. He was inquiring constantly. There typically wasn't a player available on the market that he would sniff around at least and do a little bit of due diligence. So maybe part of the element was, from Brad Living's perspective, you know what, maybe taking a step back and a step away momentarily 
is is probably the right thing to do from a human standpoint. Uh, stay tuned. A little bit later on this hour, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada or Sportsnet NHL Insider will join us to break down what he knows about the situation and how this uh, how this came to be and where the Flames are going from here. And you know the 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 next question is. Or, or one of the next questions is, who is the next general manager of this team? We know that Don Maloney will take care of the day-to-day for now, but he made it very clear. You can go listen to our exclusive chat with him uh, on our Flames Talk podcast feed right now, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, or even when he spoke to the media at large earlier on this Monday. I, I, think, I don't think that he has eyes on doing this for very long. Like They're not going to rush the process in finding the new general manager, but I don't think that he wants to be going into next season without a general manager at the helm. So who is that next guy going to be? And he kept talking about you know wanting somebody younger and fresh and, and new ideas on it for me. And, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this as he was also very adamant that they haven't really started the process as of yet as this is still very fresh and they're still kind of scrambling and getting their bearings here. But you wonder, you wonder what type of general manager they're actually looking at because when you take a look at the, uh, the, the, the household names that are out there right now, um, I, I don't know if there are a lot of just – obvious candidates you know i know that chuck fletcher's out and ron hextall's out and there's those type of names but are those the type of candidates that you would pinpoint and say yes that's the guy that's going to come in and and turn around the calgary flames with new innovative ideas or do you look to somebody more whether it's internally like craig conroy who's been on this job for 10 to 12 years like more than a decade now he's been in hockey ops do you look at an assistant similar to where brad was when they brought him in nine years ago he was an assistant with the arizona coyotes at the time and was one of those guys who was in that queue of next up to be a general manager do you go somewhere there and look at some promising uh, assistants around the NHL who are a little bit younger and and you go that way. I'm I I I'm very biased, I'll be perfectly honest with you, but I I Craig Conroy's been here for more than a decade. Yes. He has touched everything in in this organization, the pulse he has on this city, the organization, the players, all of it. I think he would be the perfect fit and we have got plenty of time to get into this but I truly believe that if it were me he would be my number 1 on the power rankings to to be that next guy. I I'd, I'd be very curious to see how they go about this process of hiring a new general manager. I think he's definitely on your short list of candidates that doesn't exist yet but he's certainly on there. Um, you mentioned he's been serving in various capacities with the organization in the organization's front office for over a decade now. He's played over a thousand games in the NHL. He brought Johnny Goudreau back on a private jet from Boston College, um, and you know was integral in in his development. There, there's not too many different types of roles and different types of jobs that Craig Conroy hasn't had to fill, whether it's job title or just hey, we need you to go do this. Um, great ambassador for the Calgary Flames, great ambassador for the city. So he's certainly a candidate. Brad Pascal and what he's been able to do with the Calgary Wranglers slash Stockton Heat in a minor league capacity. He built them into the best team in the American he's Hockey League this season. And it makes you wonder, can he do the same at the NHL level? And then you start going outside of the organization a little bit. And you mentioned 
is there somebody out there similar to what Brad was nine years ago who was an assistant GM with another team that was ready for a jump, was ready for the spotlight, was ready for the scrutiny. And there are a lot of names league-wide that are going to garner attention and, you know, praise as this is the next guy that needs to move from an AGM to a GM role. You look at individuals like Eric Tulski, a Carolina Hurricanes assistant general manager. Rich Peverly is the director of player personnel for the Dallas Stars. We know their success. Um, Jamie Langenbrunner is an assistant GM with the Boston Bruins, who had an NHL record-setting year. Um, Sean Horkoff's an assistant GM with the Detroit Red Wings. He's got the 1,000-games um, NHL experience, similar to Craig Conway, so he's got the players' experience. He's got the AGM experience under Steve Eiserman. Brad Holland, say what you want, Edmonton Oilers assistant AGM. That's been a successful program. So there's a lot of opportunity for AGMs around the league. And that's, and that's the direction I think they should go. I, I think going that direction, whether it's internal with one of their guys. And the reason, I, the reason why I think Conroy is kind of that, that next man up is because he's been doing this job for 12 years now, more than 12 years now, or he's been in hockey ops for more than 12 years. And I, I just, you know, that, that would be the, the next guy. I think Pascal's done a hell of a job doing the America. I, I've seen that guy at different drafts working hotel lobbies like it's nobody's business, bringing in uh, American League free agents and grinding out with with agents right agents right there in the in the hotel lobby you know grinding out all kinds of different contracts he's done all kinds of different contract work before um, like I, I think they've got good internal candidates I just you know Conroy has college free agents he's been extremely integral in their draft strategy you talked about um, you talked about some of the contracts he's done, whether it be Johnny's contract or, or some other deals that he's been involved in. He played more than a thousand games in the NHL. He scouted across the, I just, he's touched so many different parts of the organization. He's been on the ice with the group. It just feels like if you're looking for a well-rounded resume, it's right there. And, and that, that's why I kind of gravitate towards him first but you're right about pascal and the work that he's done when it comes to the american league franchise and and the, what they've built there and and if it's conroy and pascal who are the guys going forward i think that you could absolutely understand why those two would make a a good duo if they wanted to stay internal i just think that this is an organization that they have an opportunity to bring in a, a, a fresher new voice and that's kind of like what they did nine years ago when they brought in brad for living and and i think that is a better path for them to undertake than maybe going down the road of a more established name and and more of an old school hire that's why you know what I, I just throw out a couple of guys hextall fletcher there's a couple of names right there I, I, I wouldn't go down that road if I were the Flames if they had the choice. I, I, would, I would look to see if there's somebody that you can bring into the fold that has a little bit of a fresher and brand new approach to the whole thing because I think with what we saw this past season, uh, I, I think that it's, it's something that's really important for the group to have a slightly fresher, different outlook on building this team and where it should be going forward. Well, and you're afforded that luxury a little bit with the fact that Don Maloney is sticking around and will be graduating to that president of hockey operations role. So if you want to bring in somebody that doesn't necessarily have head GM experience, you've got a guy that's spent, you know, 
Oh, God, how long was he with Arizona? Close to a decade, if not somewhere in there in various different capacities. He spent 10, re- 10 years as a member of the New York Rangers front office. So you've certainly got a sounding board there in terms of if you're a rookie GM and you want to bounce some ideas off of somebody that has a bit more seniority, you have that guy in that position already in Don Maloney. And in one of the lighter moments, I thought of the general media avail with Don Maloney and uh, John Bean was the fact that Don Maloney was asked, How's your phone right now? Like, this isn't fresh news. This is only an hour and a half old. But have you, have you been reached out to by, by some people? And he literally pulled out his phone, didn't, didn't open it up, didn't open it up, but basically said, there are people I haven't spoken to in 15 years that have reached out to me in regards to this vacancy. So one, there's not going to be any shortage of applicants. Uh, two, you've got a guy that's super experienced in the uh, – or that will, that will lead the hockey ops department, and that'll give you the option if you want somebody fresh, somebody with new ideas, somebody who maybe thinks a little bit differently, you have the option of sliding them in because there is that sounding board that's there. Uh, lots of texts coming in. We'll get to those as the hour moves along. Elliot Friedman in just minutes as well uh, from Sportsnet and Hockey Night. Get his thoughts on this and get some insider news on the Flames. You know, last thing before we get to Fridge. I know that they're not urgently needing to get this done by tomorrow, but I do think you want to get this done in the next, I don't know, three to five weeks, somewhere in that range. I think you'd like to have that person in place sometime in May to give proper lead time for an NHL draft in June, proper lead time going into free agency, proper lead time in figuring out what the staff is going to look like, whoever it is, whether you're hiring internally or externally, I think you want to get a staff in place and get the wheels moving there. So sometime in May is when I think getting this guy in place would make sense. It's April 17th. I'm not saying it has to be May 1st, but if you give yourself three to four, four to five weeks, somewhere in that range to undertake the search, do your due diligence, do a little bit more due diligence, then I think you're in good shape and it gives the new general manager enough time to get things sorted for important dates on the calendar, like the draft at the end of June, like July 1st, uh, so on and so forth, and some pretty significant contract negotiations this summer as well. Yeah, I don't imagine we're back here tomorrow to unveil the new general manager of the Calgary Flames. It's just simply not going to happen that quickly. But you're right in the fact that you certainly need to have that position filled well in advance of the draft and free agency. A lot happens at the draft, and you want the other 31 GMs to know who the Calgary Flames GM is, who they need to call if they're looking to make a deal, whether it be a draft-related deal or a player-related deal. And you certainly need to know from an agent standpoint who you need to call on the Calgary Flames when your client is going to be interested come July 1. And then further on that, there's so much... Turmoil is not the right word. What's the word I'm searching for here? There's so much uncertainty around the entire front office for the Calgary Flames in terms of contract status that if you bring in a new GM, you want to give them ample time to make sure that they've got their guys in line for when those important key dates happen. Pat and Vickers with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge this hour on Flames Talk. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement Visit DLBasementSystemsCalgary.com. 
Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's Hockey Station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This hour of Flames Talk continues from the Scotiabank Saddledome as uh, we're talking all things Calgary Flames direction-wise after Brad Living and the team parted ways on Monday. Don Maloney will take over as the interim general manager for the time being and has also been promoted to president of hockey operations. Boy, there's a lot to sink your teeth into with this one. And on night one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, very, very thankful to the next gentleman for joining us here on Flames Talk. That would be Sportsnet's NHL insider, uh, Elliot Friedman, who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now. Fridge, good to talk to you, my friend. Thank you for doing this today. How are we today? I'm good, Pat. How are you doing? Oh, ahead swimming. It's been uh it's been a, a, a last four or five days. It's been quite the uh it's been quite the whirlwind trying to wrap your head around what's happening with this organization. I know that you've been chasing stuff and, and you've been uh, very much finger on the pulse with this over the last number of days. Did um, this morning's announcement catch you by surprise at all when we found out that Brad Tree Living and the Flames would be going in different directions? Uh, you know, I, I want to say yes because, you know, the, the thing is, Pat, is that even if you believe that that was a potential outcome, and I think for a little while now we've believed that could be a potential outcome, you always think it's going to sort itself out. Like, one of my rules is if people want something to happen, mm-hmm. you can make it happen. And, you know, I think Brad Tree Living wanted to stay as general manager of the Calgary Flames, and I think the Calgary Flames wanted uh, Brad Tree Living to stay on. And in my experience, when you have uh, two people at the side of a table who want to get something done, nine times out of ten, it gets done. This is the one time. This is the situation where it doesn't occur. And, you know, unfortunately, I think the relationship between Tree Living and uh, Daryl Sutter had kind of um, deteriorated a bit. And, um, you know, I, I just think that it wasn't going to be able to continue. I just, I just heard there wasn't a lot of communication. Um, and uh, it, I think it was just time uh, it, it, at the end for Tree Living if all things were going to stay together. And and so do you, you you do think there was a world where if if one or two more steps on one side or one or two more steps on the other side were taken that that we could have gotten to a, a place where he was back for another stint? Yes, I, I do think that was possible. I mean, look, I, I don't know that it got anywhere close to that, um, but I, I do think it was possible. And I, I'm not like. You know, like, I think, I don't know if it's so simple to say um, uh, as, you know, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's right to say the Calgary Flames picked Daryl Sutter over Brad Tree Living. But I think what it is right to say is that uh, the first choice here was the general managers. And if it was the status quo, then it wasn't going to be for him. I think that's. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, and that's that kind of jives with with what what my read and and my feel on the situation from anybody here in this market that I've talked to as well. So I'm 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 glad that you're kind of picking up on the same things there. Um, 
And it's funny, you, you, you mentioned the name Daryl Sutter, and, and Don Maloney was asked about that in his news conference, and, and he said that he's going to review everything, management, coaching, players, uh, and scouting. How, how did you read that when you heard that response from new president of hockey operations, Don Maloney? Well, I, I think the first thing is, I think the Calgary Flames as an organization are trying to slow everything down. Um, like I, I, like I said, I think that they thought that um, true living was going to stay. And so now all of a sudden they have a situation where he's, he's out. I think there's people in the organization who were caught a bit by surprise. Like even Don Maloney admitted today, it, it caught him by surprise uh, when he first heard it last week. And so I think what you do right now is uh, you, you sort of take a timeout. Um, you, you, you just say, you know what, <laughs> we need some time to think about this a little bit and just process what happened. And I think that's, you know, honestly, Pat, I think that's the right thing to do. That's right. what I would do. Um, look, I mean, like I, when, when I heard this news today, and actually I was on radio on Merrick's show, um, you, know, you know, I asked, I started texting some people and calling some people, and they told me they were under the impression that Sutter was going to be back. And then you heard what Maloney said today. Everything's under review. He was noncommittal. To be honest, um, you know, I think that, you know, who knows where this goes. I've, I've learned in life, Pat, not to assume anything yeah. because what's true today may not be true tomorrow. But at the base of what I'm thinking, you know, if knowing what they know today if they really wanted to make a change to the coach, they could have said, hold on, let's think about this for a couple of days and let's do what we need to do and, th- and talk about this further. And so what it says to me is that the natural feeling at this point in time is not to make a coaching change. Mm-hmm. But like I said, what's true tomorrow may not be what's true today. I've learned don't assume anything. Elliot Friedman is with us from Sportsnet and Hockey Night as we break down Calgary's uh, big decision, not even big decision, but the big news out of Calgary today with Bradshaw Living in the Flames parting ways. It, it it does, in a lot of ways, I'm curious, league-wide, because in this market, it, I think it really palpably feels like the organization, Elliot, is at a crossroads here. And I know that you and Jeff, over the last week, every time you've talked about the Flames, you and Jeff have talked about the the list of players who are entering the final year of contracts and what that might end up meaning and at what direction that goes. And now we don't know who the general manager is going to be. There's at the very least some uncertainty about Daryl Sutter's future here. Does it does it feel from the outside like the Flames are at a bit of a crossroads here? I, I think so. Like, but the thing is, I don't think that's unusual when you when you've had the kind of season, you know, they just had. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's you know there was big hope and it didn't work out and you missed the playoffs. Like, I think even if the GM was still there, you could make a big argument that the franchise had some big defining decisions to make. I mean, obviously, you know, Backlund and Lindholm, those are going to be big decisions. Chris Tanev, Hannafin, those are going to be big decisions. I, I look at after what, what Toffoli said 
you know, it sounds to me like he's willing to stay. Zadorov, it sounds to me like he's willing to stay. You've got to find a spot for Dustin Wolf next year. You've got to have a spot for Pelche. Um, You know, if Coronado or Zari has a big camp, you've got to have a spot for them. Um, You know, I think that, you know, I think there were going to be changes anyway. But, yes, like you know, one of the things I really think that happened here was, um, I think it was Maloney today who talked about how uh, lengthy some of the season-ending meetings were. Yes. And um, I'd heard that, too, that, like, there were some that were really long. Like, one player told me, heard that there was another player's meeting that went, like, an hour. Um, uh, Like, you know, like, it was... Um, you know, I think they were really blunt and they were really honest about what they had to say. I, I think there was some thought that maybe after they heard what the players said publicly and privately, that maybe that might lead to a change, which obviously didn't happen or didn't happen yet. Like, like I said, I think, I think Maloney's basic, his job today was to call a timeout and, you know, just say, all right, this has been a seismic day for our franchise. And, and now we have to figure out where we're going from here. Elliot, do you think Tree is a, a candidate elsewhere? We know Pittsburgh is is looking. We know there's uh, potential other openings that, that could pop up here in the next number of months. Do you get the sense that he'll be involved in those things, or is this yes. a situation? You do? Okay. I do, I do think he will. Like I, Again, I, I saw what Maloney said today. Like, the thing is, like, you know, it depends on how much time he wants to decompress. Like, does he want to come back and work next year? Like, sometimes when you don't have a contract, when you have a contract, like, if you're fired with term, you can, like, just take a deep breath. I think right. the biggest question that he's going to have is, does he want to get himself into a position where he's working next year, or does he want to take some time? I think that's the, that's the biggest question. But I think, it, like, in Pittsburgh, if you look at it right now, I think one of the people they're going to be hired is someone with experience. And, um, you know, I think they're going to look around and talk to a lot of people, talk to a lot of up-and-coming people in the league. But right now, if you look, one of the reasons that Mike Sullivan is kind of running that show there right now is that, uh, or is, is part of the transition team, I think is the better way to put it, because they just don't have a lot of experience there. So I think somebody with experience is going to go in there and, you know, who knows what else becomes available uh, between now and the end of the year, right? Like, I, I think the biggest question is, does he want to take a time out or does he want to work? And if the answer is he wants to work, then, you know, I think he's going to be out there. And uh, a final thought for you, because I know it's a, a crazy busy day for you. you got a marathon day on, uh, on television tonight. But uh, just in terms of, of a new general manager, have, does anybody come to mind? Have you heard anything preliminary-wise as to who might be in that mix and, and what the, the realistic timeline would should be for them to make that decision? Well, you know, it's, it's like the, the vultures were out today, right? Like if you listen to... Maloney and, and John Bean, their phones yeah. were off the hook. Uh, and, and some of those text messages were mine, but I can assure you I wasn't looking for the job. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think this, honestly, uh, uh, Pat. I, so I wonder about Conroy. Like, he's a guy who would love to be the GM of the Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. He's been in that organization for a long time. I think he's going to get a long, long look. I do. 
and then we're going to see what else comes out there. I have no doubt. Like one of the names I heard a lot of today was 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 Mike Fuda, uh, simply because he's worked with Daryl before. But I have no doubt there's going to be a lot of people who call about this job. It's an NHL GM job, and there's only 32 of them. Yep. People are going to reach out. But, you know, the first one, the first guy on the top of my mind, just because he's been there a long time and they know him, um, is I wonder if they give a long look at, at Conroy and say, all right, you've been here, you know us, let's, let's talk. You ready? Uh, you ready for the two-month marathon? I am. First night tonight. This is the yeah. best mar- Like those people ran the Boston Marathon today. Pff, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, you got two months of studio yeah, shows. Two and, of it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm. I would have liked uh, our city to be involved in it, but uh, I'm looking yeah, forward to I it. I agree. Have a great, uh, have a great postseason, Ellie. I really do appreciate the time. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us on a big day out here in Calgary. Hey. All right, Pat. Take care, bud. You be well. Uh, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Using the same secret recipe since 1975, dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. My name is Pat Steinberg. He is Aaron Vickers uh, joining you here on Flames Talk as we continue along this hour. You know, the a couple of things there. Just to to hear whenever you get Elliot confirming the the what what you're told you're like okay I'm on the right track um, just, no doubt for you buddy no uh, doubt I I doubt myself look it my favorite pastime is doubting myself nobody's better at it than me in in all walks of life I thought it was not responding to my text messages I respond all the time you, you don't respond as much as I re- don't respond um, I do think there was a world where they could have gotten this done. But I think the ask on the true living side of things, and and I am not trying to portray either side in in any in any way here. I think Brad True Living, as a nine-year general manager of this team, gets to have demands. When you are a guy who understands his market value, you just heard Elliot say that. He, he thinks that Pittsburgh and other GM jobs that open up will absolutely be courting Brad. And if he wants back in, then he'll be in that mix. Tree knows that as well as anybody. Yeah. And so if you're Brad and, and the relationship was clearly strained with Daryl Sutter, you have demands as to what is non-negotiable for you to stay here. And I don't think they were so unreasonable that they weren't going to be met or there was no chance they were going to be met, but you want to be hard and fast on your demands. And, and I think part of it would have been length. I think, you, I, I, from my understanding, I think a, a little bit of a longer than a two-year deal might have been part of what held this up all along. And and so you want to have your things that are important. As the Flames, you have your negotiating stance. And you're like, okay, this is as far as we're willing to go. And knowing that there was an end date that was coming up in, in June, at the end of June, if those steps aren't willing to be taken, it just is a little – you're not firing somebody. You're not quitting you just walk away, shake hands, and say it's been a great decade. And 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 because of the way the season went, I think it it just added a little bit more of the I'm trying to think of the right word. It made it a little bit less difficult for both sides 
to maybe go in that in that different direction. So I I think that's why we are where we are. That yeah, I think there was a desire. If you were to rate it at a ten, I just don't think the desire on both sides was a full ten. And in a situation like this, you probably needed something closer to that to to fully get that meeting in the middle done. Well, and as you mentioned. Brad Living has probably a pretty good understanding of his market worth. He's a guy that'll very likely only be out of work as long as he decides to be out of work, whether that is taking a couple months off and then joining another organization, whether it's taking a year off and then jumping back into it. But there's one thing Elliot said that, that really kind of stuck with me a little bit, and that was the situation where he saw a possibility where he Brad Living would be back as a member of the Calgary Flames. And he said, when you've got two parties sitting at the same table, talking it over, both sides really want something to happen, nine times out of ten, it happens. And this just happens to be this is the one, the one out of yeah. ten, the 10% shot. And I just sit here and I look at the NHL standings as they ended in the regular season. And what happens if this team somehow, over the course of an 82-game schedule, collected three more points... Leapfrog the leapfrog the Winnipeg Jets into the second wild card spot from the West, and you look at their overtime shootout record. They had 17 OT overtime losses slash shootout losses. You think of how many one goal games they were in and lost. You think about the record amount of uh, losses when out shooting your opponent by 10 or more, and you start to deep dive into not necessarily why those things happened, but the fact that they just did. And if you look and go. What happens if the Flames collected three more points and they are playing tonight or yeah. playing tomorrow night in game one of the first round of the Western Conference? Uh, is Brad Trill living? I don't know. Here? I, or I is think, that completely irrelevant I at think, this point? I don't think it is irrelevant. I think the difficulty of this season and the frustration everyone felt about how this team failed this year. I think it made it more difficult to get to that middle. I think it made it more difficult for Brad to come down on some of his demands because of some of what happened with Daryl and, and uh, the, the butting of heads that we saw during the, the regular season. And I think for the organization, this team fell so short of expectations that it made it a little bit harder for them to meet what is being asked on the other side. I, I, I don't think it's irrelevant at all that the season went the way that it went because I think it would have been a whole lot easier to, to maybe either make concessions or take that next step on each side if we're talking about this in a month and a half from now or a month from now and the Flames, you know, played 12 playoff games and, you know, one in six and out in six or something like that. I think mean, it's a completely different conversation. I really, really do. Winning fixes a lot. But I, I look at this Calgary Flames 2022-2023 edition and the fact that they missed the playoffs, the fact that they had, as we talked about, those record overtime shootout losses, the record amount of times they lost, went out shooting their opponent by 10 or more, one goal games record, you name it. I don't necessarily hang that on the guy that assembled the roster. I think this was very much a team that should have been in the playoffs, probably in the top three in the West or in the Pacific Division. I think this is a team that didn't live up to what they were on paper, and that's the only part that the GM can control is assembling the 23-man roster. The rest is on the players and the coaches. Uh, a few other things that uh, I, I would kind of underline or bulletin point on Elliot's chat with us. 
talked about how he thinks Craig Conroy is going to get a long yep. look as this team's general manager. Um, that would be one. Two, he talked about the length of some of the player exit interviews that Don Maloney was in on. Uh, that was very interesting. Um, so those were two of the things that, that stuck out on top of all of this, on, on top. Is anything else for you? Uh, the one thing that really kind of stuck out on me is when Elliot said it's not fair to characterize this as the Flames picking Daryl over Brad. Yes, I think that was an agreed. important distinction. And there. I think that's really important because I, I don't read it like that as, as I think that, like I don't think they're unrelated in that, yeah, it clearly, Elliot said it, we've all been talking about it, Brad and Daryl were not on the same page at multiple times this past season, full stop, we know it, we, there, there's no doubt about it, and so I think that that absolutely would have played into some of what Brad was asking for or how he approached this, but no, I don't get this as a we're choosing the coach over you type thing. I, in fact, take Don Maloney at his word when he says they're reviewing this thing. I, I don't think that this is a full stop. Nope, we have chosen Daryl. There's no doubt about it. It's him, and we're just going to cater to him, and the GM's going to be handpicked. By, I, I, don't, I don't get that read either. I really, really don't. I don't think that's the way. If, if, if that is what's happening, I disagree with it completely. I don't think that you should necessarily build your team just because of, of what the coach wants. Uh, but I know there is that thought out there and there is a fear out there that that's the way it's going to be. I, I'll take him at his word when he says they're going to review it. And he was pretty adamant about that when, when Wes asked him about, is Daryl Sutter your coach going forward? So um, there's a... I, I certainly don't read it as we chose Daryl over Brad because there clearly was a world where they both could be back next year without question. And now there's a world where neither of them might be back in theory because you mentioned, asked by Wes Gilbertson, is Daryl Sutter your coach next season? Very, very non-committal. I am reviewing everything in the organization. Yes. Management, coaches, players, scouting. We have to figure out what happened here and what we have to do as an organization to obtain our goals. That's, uh, that's an interesting little nugget, too. And then, hypothetically, there could be a GM that wants to bring his own coach in. Well, so there's that element as well. Absolutely. So um, lots of moving parts. Let's dive in on the text line this hour at 960-960. By, uh, by the way, it's Pat and Aaron with you on Flames Talk here on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, our uh, exclusive chat with Don Maloney, the interim GM, and the promotion of President of Hockey Operations is up on our Flames Talk podcast feed as well. Jim writes, you guys seem to be avoiding the huge story that the coach and GM couldn't work together. There's a ton of smoke. The players were unhappy with Sutter. Now we know Treliving was unhappy. How is this team supposed to move forward with a coach that isn't working well with others? Um, I don't think that we're avoiding it. I think we just talked about how they clearly weren't on the same page right. many times. And I think absolutely that played more so into brad's thinking about his return as opposed to the organization's thinking about a return i think that again one of the things that i i really wonder about is whether or not it's less about dollars and cents and more about term as to why maybe something get, didn't get done that's one of the things that i um wonder in an educated manner about you know like was was that something that held this up so yeah I, I do think it was a factor in where we are today I just don't think that it was 
completely untenable or something that there's that is the only Wasn't reason the factor, why. Exactly. The determining factor. But I don't think it was an irrelevant factor either. Right. Um, this says uh, Conroy deserves to be on the list, but he's from the inside. What's going to change? This organization needs a fresh look and some eyes from the outside. Conroy has preconceived thoughts on all players and prospects. Get someone from the outside with a set of eyes that doesn't have any sort of bias. If he ends up being the best candidate, fine. But if there are two that are the same, I'm taking the person from the outside. Um, I, I think there's a value to an innovative approach that also has familiarity with the organization, can work with Daryl, has worked with Daryl many times before, both as a player and as a manager. Um, I think that some of Conroy's ideas are, are quite innovative and quite um, different than, than how it was done before. That's not to say that the, it was like there was infighting uh, behind closed doors, but I just, you want different opinions and different approaches. Treliving and Pascal and Conroy and Snowy all have different approaches. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I think that, uh, I, I think there's something to be said about having somebody who's ready internally with a fresh approach. I, I don't think that that should handicap you. And I get what the texts are saying. I do. But I, I, I don't know if it should be a handicap in in hiring the best guy. Well, just because Craig Conroy served as an assistant to Brad Living does not make Craig Conroy Brad Living Jr. There's certainly different ways, different means, different approaches. You can value things differently from one position to the other. And by simply moving from an AGM role to the head table as the GM, well, that's your chance and that's your opportunity to put your spin on things and yeah. directly impact it as opposed to offering what you would do. Pat, I truly feel the Flames let the wrong guy go today. It's more than obvious Sutter's an ownership-picked coach, and Brad was handcuffed when it came, to, and it came to any dealings with Sutter. Any new GM that comes in absolutely needs to have hockey autonomy to deal with the coaches they see fit, and unless that's granted, the new GM will be nothing more than a figurehead or placeholder until Sutter's contract runs out. Uh, this reads... Where are we going in? There's a lot of them here, so I'm just no going shortage. through. There's no shortage of text. Um, couldn't agree more, Pat. I hope they go Conroy. Then we see an Iggy-Conroy combo again. I know there's lots of bring in Jerome again, talk out there. Um, this from Darren in Canyon Meadows. We lost Johnny and Matthew because they didn't want to be here anymore. Brad clearly didn't want to come back either. Backland and Lindholm next. I'm 100% sure that Sutter's a common denominator. They lost one of the hardest working GMs in the league. Best wishes to Mr. Treliving. He'll be missed and hard to replace. Um, this says, I do believe the tree was beyond frustrated with ownership. Then you throw the stubborn rancher into the mix. I can easily see how he would find the situation not worth it. This reads from Jake. This is the darkest timeline for the Calgary Flames. What hope are they selling us? There's nothing. Kachuk, Gaudreau, Treliving, all leave. Lindholm, Backlund, and more are fed up. A rebuild is upon them if they're a smart team. But they screamed, we have no plan today. What are they selling us? There you go. That's just a few of the texts and more coming in at 960-960. We will continue to get to them on this Monday. Aaron Vickers on Twitter at AA Vickers. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, this hour of Flames Talk wrapping up on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. Go hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Hot Stove Lounge at the Dome. What basement? They have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement contact basement systems they're all things basement tea visit dlbasementsystems.com